was, it was absolutely unbelievable. And so we got to the western stop, the last stop before we hit Union Station. Rumor spread that the conductors called the cops. <laughs> Like you turn the light on at night and all the bugs, all the cockroaches go. Yeah, and it was hilarious because the cops were there, and they opened the train up door by door until they emptied that train. This door wouldn't open. Until they emptied that, and, and they just squeezed them, you know, all from the seat. And it was freaking hilarious. And the one kid looks at me. And he's like, oh, I'm really sorry you had to go through all of that and everything, but, you know, we're just having a great time and just, just living life. And I go, that's great. we got about three more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy for three more minutes. The one guy, because I was with my son and, and his girlfriend, and they came from Texas, so they had uh, their bag, big bags, and they were staying downtown. And uh, so I, I was carrying one of the bags, and the kid looks at me and goes, oh, sir, let me get that for you. Come on, let me get it. And I knew he was one of the big boy party boys. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, sure, why not? It's worth a shot, right? Because I knew he was trying to get out of yeah, past stopped. the cops. Sure. You know, and as soon as, he, as soon as he put it down, he started, he was like, you know, let me roll this way. Nah, nah, nah. I got it from here because I think he wants to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> you were a lot of help for that. He was like right there just going, don't move, kid. Yeah. Wow. Well, and on that note, right. welcome to episode 83 of Civil Tension. I am your host, Peter Galt. And with me today is co-host... Ken Nicholson. And co-host... Don Sieveson. And guest... Matt Kucharski. Tyler Nicholson. Nance Weeding. Radat Kusun. And... Gesundheit. He's afraid of what he might say today. And you are? It's from uh, Fireside Theater. It's Nick Danger yeah. if you're looking at the yeah. glass from the other side. That's funny. Yeah. I'm Nick Danger. Nick Danger and so is my wife. <laughs> and if you already, you already said who so. I am, yeah. So, actually, um, Garth Parkinson, <laughs> is, is that... Well, how did you say that? Red Nodkinson. Red Nodkinson. Just say Nick Danger backwards. Nick Danger backwards. Red Nodkinson. Whatever. Um, posed the topic for today, which is, is the power of will oh, we're do that. genetic? Okay. Yeah, like we're going to do that. Uh, you know, because Ken texted me and said, this comes via Dan. Hmm. I'm like, okay, that's a good thinker. I don't know. Is so the so the basis is that, yeah. so the basis is that you know there's a lot of uh, hemming and hawing today about genetics about gender aspects which is genetic uh, but you can change it apparently so it's Fish also can. talking about you know skin color so types of melatonin how much you got you know aspects all genetically and so my argument has always been that it's got nothing to do with the physical body it's got a lot to do with what drives it cool story so bro. Call soul spirit whatever you want to describe it as and so that, that solidly the idea of will will solidly falls within that second aspect so we say that for all beings we're beings there are two ontological aspects to us one's our physicality and the other one is our spirit or whatever it is so this is the ghost in a machine that Nietzsche was claiming didn't exist so I started thinking about proofs of this, and so the idea is, is that, well, people have will. Can we say that a specific class of people, so we say a genetic class, a male or a female, is, is their will stronger because they're a woman or stronger because they're a male? Or is it all due to situation? Or is it all just simply, you know, the nurture idea, of, you know, nature nurture? And so, you know, throughout history there's been argument uh, you know, is it genetics, you know, the horse breeding, the, the, the lineal lineage heredity, or is it all about culture? I mean, even the, they did that in the movie uh, with uh, Eddie Murphy. So hmm. I got to thinking about that, and I'm saying, well, you know, I'll, I'll, ask, the, I'll ask this august body here. <laughs> what, what do you guys think? It's august, we're an august body. Well, is well It is august. Well, if you talk about, you know, <laughs> second, you can you can probably even break that down more. But because you talk like Will and being somebody who's worked in the insurance world, we learn men drop dead and women hang on forever. Women will generally hang on about typically four to five years after their husband passed away, regardless of how unhealthy they are. They fight 
much more strongly. Hmm. They want five years without us, is what you're saying. Yeah, I've heard the right. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that, and that may be, but yeah. I have heard that when the wife dies, the husband dies very quickly. Is that true? Is that a and that's it's not true the other way? Common, yeah. but not it's true. The, as much true the other way. Right. Distinction question: Is there is, is will and willpower the same thing? Are, we, is, are those sure. synonymous? Okay. Sure. So you say about talk about willpower. Okay, that's an aspect of discipline. Mm -hmm. So we can train our body to be, right. you know, disciplined. But really, what's training it? And so you know, yeah. Ken and I had kicked this around. We were talking about martial arts and the idea that people go through rote for a belief in the fact that what they're doing, they're reinforcing it. So we talk. We talk. Let's talk about muscle memory. Mm -hmm. And I claim that muscle memory isn't a thing. I think it's bullshit. Hmm. And so, can you train? Wow. Can you train your muscles to be, you know, faster, whatever? Well, to a degree, because there's going to be some genetic limitation, right? Right. But what's the will going to do? I mean, how many football players have we seen? Is that, that the difference between a, an amateur and a pro player? <laughs> Sometimes. It could, be, it could be, or a large checkbook. But the concept behind it is that we've seen that we've simple. seen people break that mold. You know, we've seen people come forward and break it. Yeah. You know, they break the mold of what you know what people thought. Well, you don't have the physicality or the makeup to do it. Then, like, oh, really? No, oh, just watch me. Yeah. Hold my beard. Right? Yeah. And there's, <laughs> yeah. And there's an old adage. <laughs> there's an old adage that uh, you know talent only gets you so far, and when someone does not work hard on talent. Somebody that has lesser talent that works harder will beat them. That's right. the idea of it. So it's not about genetics, or huh. is it? So here's the argument: Is will, can will, uh, be strength stronger? Is it? Is it? Is it improved by selective breeding? Is it? What is it? Huh. Are you familiar with Anders Ericsson? Excuse me. Anders Ericsson. No. Uh, he's a he's an author. He wrote the book called Peak, and he studies the realm of excellence. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so in in any discipline there. Well, not in any discipline, but in the ones that are objectively quantified into excellence, and musicians are, are nice because um, there are world-class musicians, um, athletics in varying degrees, um, there can be world-class athletes that you can identify, and so he dug into what makes people uh, reach a level of excellence within any realm of discipline, and are there consistent traits? And the one thing that he found through his study is that there is no such thing as talent, um, some people can be predisposed to initially be successful at a certain discipline, but once you reach past the novice level and you start to get into intermediate levels of performance, uh, talent doesn't exist. And so some people may initially be predisposed to initial success in something, and that can determine whether or not they become interested in it, but it has no bearing on finality of peak performance. And the only thing that does have a strong correlation and, and a likely causative effect on excellence is something he calls deliberate practice. Mm -hmm. And that is a trained thing where you have to practice in a very specific method your task that you are attempting to achieve. And so this is specifically in disciplines where there is a really well-identified path to excellence. Things that have been around for a long time, like becoming a master pianist. There's a very specific path to do that and the things that you have to know to do that are well-defined. And so in areas where it's not well-defined, it becomes a little bit wishy-washy, but deliberate practice is the one thing that creates. That I would, I would agree with him on half of that. The deliberate practice, I would thousand percent, but to, to imply that there's not a difference in talents, just I have real trouble. Does Michael Jordan have more basketball, innate genetic basketball talent than me? I'm pretty, pretty certain he does. I also believe he would have worked at it about a billion times harder than I did. Well, the other thing, too, is that it, you know, th we're talking about uh, perhaps a subjective uh, distinction mm -hmm. where you're, you're looking at it as someone who is uh, choosing as opposed to the person that is being chosen. The I'll give you an example, and uh, perhaps it's a poor example, but um, I coached Little League for many years, and some of the kids were, were uh, you know, you have to train them, and as you said, they, you have to train them in a certain discipline, mm -hmm. a certain way. So when they come out to the, to the training park or whatever, you would train them. And I, I remember specifically, um, there was a time when uh, I had a team and now I got I got kids that were starting eight and nine, and I I coached them all the way up to fifteen and sixteen years old. And this particular team kind of knew my traits, but one week I knew that 
we had something that we needed to be done. So we were, I was practicing with them and practicing with them and practicing with them. I, I would run their little tails off on cutoff plays. Mm -hmm. Just simple cutoff plays. And now, I did not have a child at the time, but the my assistant coach who did, he didn't know anything about baseball, but he knew kids. And they knew better than to come to me and complain. They wanted him to complain. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, he told them, that hey guys, just go along with the program. You know, don't don't ask. You know, he knows baseball. Just let him go. Just go along with the program. Well, as it turns out, the the uh, we had a very important game that that weekend, and we were winning by a run with uh, two outs in the late innings. Men on first and second, base hit to left center field, and without thinking, because of the practice we had done that week, without even thinking, they worked that cutoff play just like they should. And they threw the guy out at third, threw the guy out at third base. It was the third out of the inning. Run does not score, and they're out of it. And they come running into the dugout, and the last kid in says, "Hey, coach." That cutoff play really works, huh? <laughs> well, but let me ask you something. Yeah. In, in coaching, because I did some coaching young kids in, in soccer, and uh, there was clearly, when what I was doing, there was clearly kids head and shoulders above others mm -hmm. and, and just ability. Absolutely. You know, what, can, you, can you translate that into, well, well, I guess if, if the ability they have and they want to get better, you know, they have will and driving them to be better, um, but you're going to have kids that are going to be natural, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that cutoff play, you can train. Certain kids need to train it. Certain kids just have that naturally in their Or if they can't throw a goal, they can't do a cutoff play. Off. We're not talking about genetic predisposition. We're right. talking about the idea of will. Will. So and if we want to talk about genetic predisposition, then we can say, is someone's will genetically predetermined? That's the argument. Hmm. We all know about, about it. He, he already very accurately had stated that you know you have propensities. People have uh, genetic predispositions towards drugs, alcohol. You look at different classes mm -hmm. of, of races, you know, and they have a, they have issues with alcohol, or some can endure it. Irish, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, what I mean, it, it, so yeah, we get that. That, that was genetic. that was racist. Threw that one in there on you, didn't you? Well, I'm Irish, so I'm allowed to bash <laughs> So it's, what we want to do is we want to say, is the will. Genetic. An aspect of this genetic predisposition, because if it is, then strength of will can be done by hereditary breeding. Right. That's the argument. We see that within animals, horses, and whatnot, we can do hereditary and have success with it. But that's more physical. Unfortunately for humans, it doesn't. Because what happens when you breed a lot of, of humans in the same family line, the same genetics? Right. You know, you get some mongols well, up here. Same thing happens. And they take over the world. <laughs> they try to you can also and then they run for Congress. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> well, you get a bunch of waterhead babies. But with this idea, the will, the power of will, is that genetic? I'll, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I would to probably know. lean to... I would not agree that it is. I would. I'm with you. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to use myself as a poster child. Let me let me jump in here. Go right ahead. I'm the second of nine kids. So you want to talk about a petri dish for the experiment? <laughs> my family will be that petri dish. Mm -hmm. Of nine kids in my family, I'm the only one that's gone to college, and I did it part time nights. Mm -hmm. I'm the only one in my family that is successful in business and is living. A middle class lifestyle. The rest of them you are treat all substance. I treat that exactly to my will. That I wanted to break out. Break out from that. I wanted my apple to get the lucky bounce under out from underneath that tree and be successful. I would get on my bicycle and go ride from the northwest side of the city so down to Wilmette when I was 15 years old and look at all the big houses and say, I want to be here someday. So then you would say that your will. Is, well, of, is of equal strength genetically, but you 
I exercised that will. The rest of my family took shortcuts. Because they do lazy I'm things. Glad you that up. They I understand that the idea of this will that I'm describing is also about choice. Mm -hmm. And it's also about what we, what we philosophers banter around about agency. We say that nobody has free will, but you do have free agency. And so we talk about the idea of what does this mean. So, so to classify the difference between the two for just one second, you know, Napoleon says to do the things that a man can do is to be a man. To do the thing that a man wants to do is to be a god. In that little little snippet there, he's really describing the difference between free will and agency. He's saying that we are not, we do not have the will to do whatever the hell we want to. But we do within the culture or within the area that we're within. And what drives that? And so you want to talk about will? Napoleon's a big will guy, right? I mean, he's huge, right? Well, he's like, you know, small. <laughs> but that's why I, I, I want to make sure that we don't start drifting off huh. into the argument about physical you know, right. predetermination, because that is the argument today, man, woman, black, white, yeah. whatever. It's all physical predetermination. I can't think of a Sorry. single genetic group I'm avoiding that has greater here, will, right? Uh, or even sociological group that is excluded from excellence. I mean, I, you it's think of any race, any 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 ethnicity. Uh, were they raised in wealth or not, blah, blah, blah. You can come up with examples of just about anything, doing just about anything at a very high level. True. Will, will is the difference between talent, which will get you this far, and talent always helps, right? But will is what gets you here. And let it be noted higher up. Yeah, higher up for those listening on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Holding one hand above the other. <laughs> uh, Visuals are fantastic for real. <laughs> Why do we have yeah, that? Remember but, that talent does not apply when we're overcoming adversity. It does not. That's apply. not true. You throw people in a, in a prisoner of war camp. We saw it in World War II. The people that survived out of these horrific situations. We're not the big. It's not about talent. It wasn't about it. It had nothing to do with their genetic predisposition. I agree with that. It was their will to survive. I agree with that. You wouldn't? No. Yeah. No. But uh, yeah, it. well, I wouldn't agree with that because uh, there's, there's talent. And look at the people who are talented in, in talking. Who are, who are very good at persuasion, who understand the art of mm -hmm. persuasion. Uh, or articulate might be part of it. But look at look at the old scenes we always have. Oh, he's a chip off your block, or you're just like your father. You know, and that's talking about traits. And and you know, and that includes part of a will, I believe. You know, because my father was a very driven person. You know, and when somebody tells me, you know, you're just like your father, I'm like, you know. I, you know, in some ways, thank you, and in some ways, ways yeah, that's yeah. insulting, right? But uh, yeah, so I, you know. I, but I think to his point, though, he's talking about the will is what got people through those things. I mean, I, I related to a guy, a Navy SEAL that I talked to once, and he talked about when you start, and there's 200 of them. It's never the ones that make it are never the ones you think when you first get. It's not the big football, strong-looking dude. It's the small, wiry guy that has. It's he's he's better between the ears. And has the the willpower and the strength talent. mentally to get through. No, so yeah. you're using you're using you're using, you're using willpower as talent. That's genetic. No, that's, that's, that's genetic. That's talent. You're, so you are you so you're saying willpower is a talent then? Guys, you're, I'm, you're, oh, I'm saying brain power is a talent. No, yeah. which is definitely a. I oh. think will. So, so, so I was talking about what Napoleon said. That's what he was really describing. Is the idea about that? So, so when we talk about concepts of will, a lot of people struggle with what it really means. Yeah. So some people want to say, well, will is choice. Your idea of will is, is you can choose. So, But what is that function that's going on that allows us to select something? I, I don't want this, I want this. Mm -hmm. Is that will? Aren't you kind of assuming the, that, that free choice exists, though? This is the whole Westworld argument, this right? This is free agency. And this so is the idea of free agency, and it does exist. It, absolutely, you are not here because of the butterfly effect or some, some type of random chaotic causalities. You are here because you have decided to be here. The events that got you here are combinations of many other events that people are driving, not the necessity elements, the, the base elements. Well, so so the idea of will, it, it, although it's very difficult to pin it down, it's like talking about rationality. You can't really describe a rational act. You can only describe it through events that are not rational. So we say that that is irrational, which narrows the focus. And will is the same concept, it's the same argument. But you cannot deny the fact that will exists. What does it mean? How can you prove that it exists, though? Because like what I just said. 
maybe in a shirt before. Dude, like, Cause Cause said so. Because <laughs> I said yes, so. That's pretty good. Because I said so. Let me ask you this. Here's, here's a, uh, a gentleman I just watched the other day that uh, did this test. Basically shows you two pictures to a person. I then flips them back and it says, okay, tell me uh, 33 differences between the two pictures. And everybody would say, it's impossible. It's not. Okay? It just takes time. Let's do it step by step. First C1, then C2, then C3, and go on. And it's not impossible, but most 99.9% .9 of the people are going to say, no, that's impossible. Now, the, the person who does say, I can get that done, is that the person who has the drive, the will, to get it done? In other words, you, you, you don't say... You know, the person fact that the more person would want to do it will. would be the person that has the will. will. If they want to do it. Someone, whether they recognize it or not, someone's like, you know what? I'll figure it out. I don't, I don't, this is too much brain stuff. Well, I don't the person who says, I, I'm not going to say no, I can't do that. They're going to say, I'll find a way. Right. Well, and yeah. that, you hit that on the head right there, that want. Because the w will, to me, as I understand it, take it in and put it out, Will is the desire to exercise the force of self. So if you choose to exercise your force of self, meaning your impact on what your environment is and who is in your environment, what is in your environment, you have to have the desire to do that. If you don't have that desire, that want, will does not exist in that situation. I don't think that it is a genetic thing because we do see many, many people make the decision or have or come with the discover within them the ability to make the decision to express that desire, to express that want. We, I think, I think perhaps any individual could do that without regard to genetic makeup because will is not I don't think will is a genetic thing it is not a biological construct it is a construct of and recognition of internal self it's will to me is more a spiritual aspect of every human being every living thing because it's the expression and the experience of exercising your desire to do something. It's a decision process. So it would have to be, in my mind, it would have to be something that you learn, whether or not it's an actual awareness of learning, but you learn through the process of discovery in that I, my sense of self, can and can do this because I desire to and, do this. And that also, Am I that making? Also, you're making sense. And, and, and the thing is, is, if you look at, at, let's say you have twins that are separated at birth, uh, raised by different families, etc., in different environments, those two, two twins are not going to have the same will. They're not going to have the same uh, drives. They're not going to have the same personality. Twin pairing as a base has never worked. Scientifically, I've heard this argument, excuse me, but I've heard this argument a lot. Yeah, twins it, can it be very work. different. It doesn't work. because Congenitally. You, because the problem in the experiment is you have no blind. So yeah. you, can't, you, you can't use that. Hmm. Okay, so they so tried that a lot. Well, well, let, 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 let Ken go yeah. and then yeah. I want to jump in after Ken. Okay. I, but, uh, being a bear of very little brain, I need to work in terms of stories, parables, whatever. Um, and, and believe me, there is no racism. But where's Pastor John if we're having parables? <laughs> Where the hell is John anyway? Yeah. Um, he willed that to be. There's no racism in here. A bunch of middle-aged white guys. I've read a bunch of articles recently, but I, I don't know why I became so enamored of this topic. But where the deal is that ill-behaved young men come from families where they did not have the benefit of a father. Period. And this is not. Racially defined. This is true. Statistically of defined. Anybody. It's statistically defined. Yeah. Uh, it's statistically defined. Blind to race. Blind to many other things. That kids that grow up in families without a father doing his job, hauling the mail, 
showing the kid self-worth, showing him that he is, he is the center of his own decisions, he's responsible for himself, well, those are the kind of kids that succeed. People that don't have dads don't come away with that. They can come away very loved by a dedicated mother, mm -hmm. but mothers, you know, by and large, don't treat this, don't teach this one thing. And it's what makes the difference in somebody who succeeds by pretty much any definition, and not. It is succeeds, succeeds, it's, achieves happiness. You know what? Succeeds. That, that not was hungry. true in a previous generation. I don't know that that's true. Okay, yeah. so so no, let, 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 let me let me okay, take let, this yeah, and yeah. let me challenge Dan with this one. Would you, you tie will last generation to risk? You, you made the example yes. a minute ago of okay. saying, "Here's a picture. There's 31 things that are different here." There's a person in this world that will look at that picture and just say, I can't do it, and they've shut down the possibility yeah. of even trying to do it. And you have the person who's willing to take a risk and fail and say, well, I think I can do it. Maybe I won't find all 31, but I'm yeah. curious enough, I'm willing to take the risk to say, let me try and do it. Yeah. And, and then you get to the issue of the practice and the, the repetitive thing. Are you willing to take the risk is, is to say that if I play the piano two hours a day for 20 flipping years, that I am going to get to be Mozart-level playing the piano? Right, but the question is, is, is that inherent in a person or learned? Is it, is, is it part of the genetics or is it learned? I don't think it's part You're of the genetics. You're sitting there next to your son. I don't believe it's genetic. You know, I and I look back at my son. Is my son the way he is... Um, uh, because of the things he learned by watching me growing up, certainly there's some aspect of that, absolutely. But it's, it's probably also influenced by other parents that he could come in contact through childhood and growing up and other friends and other environments that they lived in and, and things of that nature. There, I think there's a lot to it, but so is it, I, I, I'm having a hard time now deciding whether I really I think it's genetic or it's or it, it, it's, it, it, it continues. It it's continues learned. when you try to narrow. I think it has to be in you to begin with. So Nate, I, I think it has to be, and then and then it has to be, and, and then it's drawn out. It has to be cultivated. Yeah, I think it's in us because I think it's from the spirit side. That's why. So I don't think it's genetic. Right. I think what you just yeah. described that is in us is in us, but it's more from the spirit right. side of spiritual. us. And your point about do we figure do we, do other people help us develop it and draw it out of us? Do they squelch it? Because the word that came to mind when you were talking about fathers is discipline. If I'm never taught discipline, I'm probably not going to be as disciplined as if someone really taught me discipline. Um, so I, I think Sunday it is. Church, you learn but, yeah. but, but so it, I think it, it is innate, but it's not genetically <laughs> innate. It's okay, uh, so, we're so, all given that gift, and it's how well do we use it? Okay, so let's talk about a personality trait that ties into this. Mm -hmm. Some people in life want to get along. Mm -hmm. Some people are pleasers. You put them in a relationship, whether it's a friend relationship, a family relationship, mm -hmm. a love relationship, and their personality <laughs> is to be a pleaser. Right. They're going to do things because they want people. To like them, they want to make other people smile. There's some people in life, and I'm sure we got a few in this room, that if I told you what to do, you're just going to be a contrary individual and probably do the opposite. And then again, ties in, ties, ties in a little bit to, you know, again, the concept I raised a minute ago of being a risk taker. You know, so it's so, so again. Yeah, it's a choice. It is a choice function. Okay, mm -hmm. but you're saying, all right, well, risk reward. Now we can put some kind of no, measure. No, I'm not going risk reward, but I, risk in itself is that idea. Yeah. So why risk? Well, because there must be a reward. Otherwise, you're not going to risk. So these are tactics. But how do you explain this personality difference then between someone who's a pleaser and someone who's a contrary? I live with a, a, sci, a clinical psychologist, and the answer to that <coughs> question is something that happened to us when we were two, three, four years old oh, is what forms a lot of that. No, I just I get analyzed every day. So whether but, you're bottle or breast, or what, 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 what no, is No, I this? think it's more it's it's psychology. I'm I'm not joking about this. Psychologists tell us that most of those traits are formed of in us before we're at five years old. Yes. It usually is trauma related in some sort, whether it's real trauma or made up trauma. Doesn't matter, it's trauma. It's trauma, yeah, if it's trauma. So <clears throat> something happened to someone when they were three is the reason they're an introvert and don't talk to other people today. At 18 months, mm -hmm. in child, in children, there's a moral capability decision processes mm -hmm. going on right then. This is without going through any hierarchical Hence parentage. the terrible shoes. Exactly. Yeah, so I mean, that, no, I mean, you know, I can't remember who said it. it was somebody who was a behaviorist was talking about it it was like you know humans should be very happy that their children are born helpless 
Because if they were born with a, be able to use a spear, they'd be slaughtered. <laughs> <laughs> We'd all be dead. The father would be the first to go. <laughs> well, I think that's why will is a spiritual thing that every single living creature. Hold on, is that true? Creature. I, I don't know. Bacteriums have will. <laughs> um, they have behavioral patterns. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I got doubts so about will. If, I mean, if a bacterium did not, probably twenty-five different kinds of MRSA, because it keeps growing. You put you put antibiotics in a body. MRSA actually will hide inside your body. Let that medication go through. Come out. Learn from that and learn to you know to be, be immune to that. The going question forward. is, does it? Is there learn? will there? That's the argument. So this this we're now stepping into like we just got through one on one. Now we're stepping into <laughs> to a little bit more of the sophomores uh, side of this. So we start describing well beings is pretty easy for us to say okay because you guys are all beings. You're like okay yeah cool you know we get it we're down with that. But now let's extend that into other living things because that was the premise. Mm-hmm. And not only do you do that, but there are other people that say that this idea of will extends itself into the particle physics world. Into the, into the realm of particle physics, mm-hmm. when the idea of the two-slit two uh, uh, experiment with photon diffusement, they're actually, where people are considering the fact that photons might have the idea to, to express will. Now, if you start talking in these degrees, what are we really saying? I mean... I have no freaking idea. Yeah, well, I think, <laughs> I think that's so what you're, what you're <laughs> saying. What you don't care. What you're saying you start getting bloody when you're talking those degrees is that will is born of or is a product of or actually maybe is the generator itself of uh, energy in every, in every and any and all forms. Because without will... This is what the world of magic is about. The world of magic is a system of belief that if I can conjure, in other words, I can control it through my will, I can conjure it. Particle physics, but, what they're looking at right now, that they're realizing that there's some truth to this. Yes. Are you going to bend this spoon? If... Can you bend this spoon? There is no spoon. <laughs> <laughs> what spoon? <laughs> Thank you, Yuri Geller. With, with the concept <laughs> of... Don't yo to me, buddy. You don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'll neo you right back. Yeah, right. So, but with the, with the concept of will, uh, it will would have to exist before there is anything in for it to impact or affect. Will must have purpose? Yeah. By its very nature... That's what you're saying. Yes. You said about first movers. Yes. Will, you're saying that will must have purpose. So when we talk about making decisions, will, what are will. we really doing? Are we saying that, well, we are actually extending our, our, our ability to for our purpose to, I don't know, succeed? You use the word succeed. I hate that word. I don't think will is tied <laughs> to success. Yeah. Succeed what? Yeah, yeah. You know, I slaughtered 50 will. people today. It's I succeeded. Self, you know, it's self-defined. So you succeeded. Success yeah, is well. self-defined. Being alive. Yeah. My Are will Success is self-defined. Is it? If you... <coughs> it has, I know way. what success is in my life. You define what success is in your life. Uh, let's you're, see. Success in my life would to be to defeat my enemy, have them driven before me, and the <laughs> And what are you doing to make that happen today? Got the Spartacus <laughs> wheel covers on? <laughs> well, and I, I chased the house earlier today. <laughs> 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 Catch it. Uh, the minions. Yeah, right. Were you in Baltimore? <laughs> yeah, right. I'd be a rat. <laughs> I think that the will, it has to exist in order for any anything at any level that you look at, particularly speaking, within the, within the realm of physics as we understand it, which we are learning every day that we don't mm-hmm. understand physics. There are things that exist that we're discovering that exist that, based on our understanding of the laws of physics, they should not be there. Yet, there they be. So will... In my mind, has to exist before anything else. It, All right, so because, it goes, so it goes back to the it goes yeah, back to the argument again about first mover. Okay, so we talked earlier about the idea of the of the uh, butterfly effect about chaotic science. Are we compelled because of the events that are occurring around us, or do we actually are we actually changing events? As I'm waving my hand in the air, I'm changing a bunch of shit. A lot of stuff's happening. 
and my the and yeah, changing that, the sound right? waves in my voice. Stop that, you're bothering. All the stuff, all the stuff's going on, right? You keep flicking so, photons so, at me. So, so are we are we affected by this, or do we affect it? That's the argument. So then they talk about wave intensity. Then why are you doing that? And they, and they <laughs> you're all you're trying to create an effect. Bill's waving hands. Yeah. Perhaps. <laughs> Thank you for the yeah, 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 commentary. Absolutely. That's, Color that's, commentary. That's, that's nonverbal communication, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Yeah. So no, it's he a just choice. can't. No, he just can't speak. There's choices that are going on there, and, and trying to. I have a purpose in trying to uh, to you know elucidate if a concept, we, and I'm using my hand you. gestures to all this, you know. If we duct taped you and all we like, I'm Irish and not Italian. We couldn't talk. Yeah, you <laughs> look, and, but I, you guys know. If you duct taped his hand, you couldn't drink. Pizza, <laughs> no, I can't talk without my hands and arms moving. If you duct tie me, I. You would be. But so in we came with the idea well. that all living things have will. So we're going to make a separation. So uh, Aristotle talked about the ideas that, that he, he considered things of necessity. And what he says, he, how he defines things of necessity, he says there are things that do not have choice. In other words, I, 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 uh, if I drop that glass, it has no choice but to break because of the gravity that's compelling it, and we can get on and on and fin about all the causality arguments. But it has no will, so, so he talks about things of necessity. And he further expounds on this and says that, well, without things of necessity, you could not have will. Because so, it's, so it's, it's, it's like sitting necessity. in a cart with no horses and you can't go anywhere. Well, so, like, so you fall, you're taking a hike, you fall down a, a, a ravine and you have a choice. Now you broke your leg. You have a choice. You're going to climb out or you're just going to lay there and, and, and hope somebody comes along before an animal or before you die or whatever. You know, I, I, I think when you're saying you don't have a choice, I don't know of anybody that wouldn't at some way, shape, or form try to find a way to get out. I know a lot of people that wouldn't. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I, I know a lot of people that shot themselves in the head. Yeah. yeah. Well, not a lot. Well. All right, maybe two. Maybe <laughs> That's a lot. They weren't a good That's shot. A lot. <laughs> hey, hey uh, Ken, well, Ken, can we change seats? <laughs> two more times. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, things of necessity, laws of necessity. What what was that phrase? The so this is Aristotle. Okay. Aristotle. Okay. He's the guy so, that brings up the idea of necessity, and he says his, that those are things that do not have choice. That's his type titular term for an axiomatic thing. Yes. Okay. Pre-assumed, absolute fact. Yes. We have no thought behind it. Um, That's right. Thank you. I, I just needed that clarification. The, okay. He's got no now, behind do we have uh, nothing, not a damn thing. <laughs> um, can anybody at this table, in one sentence, two semicolons allowed, <laughs> define will as we're discussing it now? Well, he, I, I, he, I thought, he his, I thought his description of it, his opening comment was, was uh, narrowed it down pretty damn well. He talked about the idea of purpose. He talked about the idea of extension of what he of, 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 of we're talking about beings here, like having our purpose and then wanting to extend ourselves into the world using whatever information we have, whether it be cultural, or you read it. I was digging that too. That's what he was talking about. Y'all can and I, think, I thought that. I thought, I I thought Mr. Galt here did a great job of narrowing the focus of will. Now again, uh, will is. The concept of will is going to be intrinsically analogous. In other words, you can only use stories and stuff to describe it because it is a metaphysical object. You cannot measure it. I can't show it to you. You cannot judge how far it's traveled. Those are the only two things that science can deal with. Physics is all about movement. Math is all about quantity. Science could not measure it on anything else other than those two. Why? Because they're quantifiable. It's very, it's very simple. Will is not quantifiable. Will is not. Neither is concepts of, of rationality. But what we can do is we can say the things that are not will. It's kind of like porn. You know it when you see it. No. No. <laughs> not the same. You got Bill's attention. <laughs> really? Not the same. Were you you, drink? Check, please. you should have been I'm just referencing. I think a Supreme Court justice. That's a very poor analogy. It's not the same. That so doesn't we, work. So again, we have. To, so again, we have to be able to define the thing. This is going back to Karl Popper, who made the comment that you know we can't know absolute truth. Mm-hmm. But we can certainly know what's not true about an about an object. About an object. So we can narrow in what it is by describing what it's not. Well, in metaphysics, <laughs> this is exactly what you have to do because there is no standard. So when we talk about defining will, are we talking about dictionary term, which is a cultural usage, yeah, or are right. we talking about Sorry, philosophical, I slipped, I slipped there. which is 
the is trying to get to what it actually means, getting to you know narrowing down the of what it is. And so in this conversation, I'm on the latter half of that because of all the discussion going on today about protect or about uh, uh, favored classes. You know, I find out that I, you know, there's a woman that said publicly that I'm a white male and I'm really the, the truest threat to America. Yeah. And I'm like, where's all this coming from? You know, so I wanted to get into this. I wanted to get into the idea that there are two ontological differences in beings, <laughs> two, 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 two uh, different uh, capabilities and aspects. And so that is the physical and that is the, well, you guys are saying spiritual. I'm hearing some of that argument. Mm -hmm. um, you know, then the question comes in, is it innate? And then the question comes in, well, is it limited to beings? Okay, so if we can look at animals as no, beings, no. can we? we can, sure, we can absolutely. Talk, we can talk to a guy in Kenya <laughs> talking about teenage elephants that grew up without parents and are ransacked in villages. And we say, is this an aspect of will? Or are they acting out of necessity? Or lack thereof. Are they acting out of necessity? Are they acting out of necessity? They have really no choice but the rampage. Does, does will imply ration, rationality? It can. It's, yes, it does. It, you're saying does it imply the existence of Can it? Can you Absolutely. have will without rational thought behind it? No. I say no because, oh, really? because choice Why is not? the foundation. No, because ration is a, rationality is a measure of an action to it's a, a standard. It's no, a it's to a standard. Can you have will or can will exist wherein what we understand thought and rationality not to be applicable? So oh, no, you have to ask Will. Can yeah, Will? Can, okay. We didn't, can Will's not here today. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's, here's the reason, here's the reason I, I say this. Um, my daughter has been studying uh, ultra-diffuse galaxies. Okay. They, as we understand physics, they should not exist. Mm -hmm. We now know I, that many do. I understand. And an ultra, for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, an ultra-diffuse galaxy is a galaxy that maintains a standardized galaxy size with way less stuff in it. Right. So Based on the stuff that's in it, it should be much smaller. The way we understand how physics work, how uh, all the magnetic and gravitational and, and pulls and how everything interacts, these things should not exist. Well, that's but we know that they do. So, is there a will within this thing we look at as a thing it's a, a galaxy it's a thing floating around in space does will have an impact there for it to be and behave the way it does did it say that i decided we to don't be smaller? understand so when we say when you say will are we talking about will the category or are we talking about an individual as well i'm talking about will the category is okay, well, will we talk about will as a category will, when you're talking about having a causality the, effect the because will it has to be does, is is that is the existence of that thing a representative of the force of will of every every aspect and again as we understand it every aspect of all of the uh, the particles that make up this galaxy as is is the force of will desire but I know you're going with this so so the idea so the idea of particle entanglement kind of stretches into this aspect. And so we have all, we so in order for us to be able to not be under a chaotic science rule, in other words, of necessity, there has to be the allowances for all our freedom of choice to be able to exist without affecting another freedom of choice. And people have bantered on right. about the reason why the universe is so effing big <laughs> really is to allow for all of our random movements, our chaotic aspects. You're making assumptions, though. Yeah, those, that was a lot of assumptions. All I'm, I'm doing is I'm, t is I'm answering this question in a manner in which I have heard it described. And this is what entanglement, this is the idea of entanglement is all about. This is one of the main things of it. Because we can't, people Here's have got to decide whether or not are we part of the necessity or do we actually possess will? And we see, that's what outside of that spurred this what question in my brain just right? now is your, your commentary on items of necessity. Right. So, is truly this an Describe item of a we're on radio. This, yeah, we're on radio. Is this <laughs> look everybody this <laughs> on radio? Is, is this bottle water? Is this bottle that held water? Is this an item of necessity because it, you know simply it was man made, or is this a 
thing that so desired to come into existence, therefore impacting the processes of those who are now bound to make this Getting thing. The junior because this now. thing, Ugh. yeah, because this thing decided to Can it call itself into existence. Yeah, the bottle it itself into existence. The bottle did, did it. Did Somebody this. Else, I just the the did, Someone so else willed it into existence. George Carlin the bottle said, didn't will it Mother Nature created us to make plastic. That? She yes. didn't want to do it How? herself. <laughs> the brain? Huh? The brain rides again. No. Yeah, I, I just, I would find it real hard to, to ever believe that that bottle willed itself into existence. I just, but your belief does, is not required for its existence. I agree with that, but, right. uh, but I just, I can also use rational thought to say that but it, but, somebody else but willed only, this bottle to be. But that only goes as far as our limited. I understand. Limited understanding of what the nature mm -hmm. of life is. I mean, we have, we are a. No, no, don't don't shake your head. <laughs> don't shake your head. Yet. Again, for the radio <laughs> audience, Dan shaking his head and holding his head. Yes, I don't distract What I'm saying is, is, is that, that you know, you, if if that were the case, okay, if it willed itself into existence. Mm -hmm. Then how do we know that we are not part of a larger body? Okay, why are why are we not a cell in a larger person? We're Whoville. We don't yeah. know if we are. Aren't we? we don't know. <laughs> what? That's what I'm saying. We don't know. We're, we live on a snowflake. Where, uh, where, where is the? See, we don't have that. We don't have that perspective yet. Well, I'm just saying, you'll also sound like a crazy person if you say this world itself into existence. That's part of it. When I was a kid, I believe... My point is is that the... Let Tyler jump in when Dan's done. The point is that the... I don't think we have the full understanding of what that is. I mean, we keep trying, and that's mm -hmm. what science is for, what sciences are for, mm -hmm. okay? Where you have physical sciences, you have uh, 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 medical physical sciences, you have all kinds of sciences that are, that are grasping at a certain part of okay. the universe. No. Okay. And our universe and what we are. Yeah. Ty, Ty, okay, you Tyler, like you want to say something. Yeah, so two things. One, I want to hear you in a second reconcile this idea of necessity with Schrodinger's cat, because I think that's fascinating, and I'm not sure how that gets reconciled. I was going to ask him that, too. Two, when you're talking about the bottle coming into existence, you are assuming that time is a natural physical mm -hmm. phenomenon mm -hmm. and just a, and not just a construct of perception. Right. And okay. that, you know, so we know that we can see visible right, light, right? So our eyes see visible light, but we also now have the tools to measure the rest of the electromagnetic spectrum mm -hmm. as we know it. And so we know there's lots of stuff out there that we can't see that exists. Mm -hmm. And so is time a biological limitation and it's how we perceive things that we call existence. And so is time just a biological limitation? In this case, the bottle has always existed and always will exist. Mm -hmm. and, and does it exist all at, at the same time? All at the same time. It doesn't and, even know how to spell refresh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that's what kind of, want, it's maybe, you, maybe you don't. Right, maybe and, I don't. And so, you know, you, you, I think you hit the nail on the head when, like, will can't be defined. And, like, MIT pulled out of that project in terms of encapsulating consciousness because they said we don't find it to be uh, ethically uh, a sound position to be in to jump into experiments where we cannot measure success. And so mm -hmm. if they can, you know, it's kind of like watching Black Mirror, they're like, we can't measure consciousness, we can't measure will, and mm -hmm. I imagine the two are intricately linked. And so it's like, we can't measure any of these things, so we're not going to continue so why bother? until... They can't weigh in on it. Yeah. When we get back to that, we can't. When you, say we, can't. when you say we can't, you've already created the Go Bill. This but, is will. Is mm. when you don't say I can't. we can't. Right. When you instinctively, for whatever subliminal reason, decide I'm going to take this risk. Well done, Matt. Yeah. For the I same reason you say I don't understand that whether this bottle may have always existed, we may not understand that we can just measure those things somehow. Well, you already know, asked who your bottle daddy is. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your yeah. bottle daddy? <laughs> God. Here's the title. Who's your bottle? There's the title. Who's your bottle? 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 Who's your b
Where's your bottle, Daddy? Um, I find it interesting. I looked up the word will, and the definition is things like writing a will, I will go to the store. The definition in the dictionary doesn't talk about what we're talking There's about. There's got to be a separate. I, I had to look up willpower, and it's a very simplistic one based on our conversation. Control of one's impulses and actions, self-control. That's willpower in the dictionary. Fine. Control so, of one's impulses and actions. So, the, so stepping into the metaphysical world of time mm -hmm. is uh, time simply means that there has been change. So when we talk about time, we talk about a thing called rate of change. All right. So the argument is from Aristotle. He says these are things of necessity, meaning that the causality, the events that cause that that have to occur. So it goes back on the premise that for all events, there must have been something that caused that. This is called a causality chain. This is the argument. So, but when we introduce will into it, we see that that chain gets broken. Okay, so I'm going to drop this. It should fall and hit the ground, but also my other hand comes out and catches it. So people will say, oh, in a different dimension, time dimension, that it broke and a whole other causality chain events occurred. It's, how people get in this this ridiculous the necessity was that it multiple would fall. universe. The necessity was that it would fall, not that it would break. Are we going to the matrix? No, if I did not, <laughs> I did not willfully stop it. Right. It would have. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Right? It kept I mean, falling. See, time, under the current conditions that exist, right. where we are sitting in this room with the gravity mm -hmm. and all sort of shit. You said the ridiculous concept of multiple universes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a ridiculous argument. So I'm saying that. So the argument is. So, so Disprove it quickly, then, please. So I, I reach a T. I reach a T intersection. I decide to go left, or I decide to go right. So the, the multi-universe concept is, is I, I, I did both, or actually three, I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And so there's causality changes that uh, cause all the events, that, a chain of causality that stretches out on all three decisions. Mm -hmm. And so then there, uh, that gives rise to all these different universes. And this is a game that they play, and they call it temporal ways and well, shit like this. It's hilarious. But it denies the aspect that, that, that we have a will of choice. So, because if you go to that intersection and you and you do this, really aren't according to their idea, really aren't you responding to causality chains, and you're just part of that chain that hits you, that leaves you only with three choices. I mean, that's the argument. Could have turned around and gone home, yeah. Or whatever you want. I mean, you get the you get the idea. Yeah, you get the idea. Well, see, here's the issue. And so, and so, when, so when when they're talking about Schrodinger's cat. You know, what's it, what he's really talking about is, is that, you know, well, we really don't know unless we can observe it. Well, what does that mean? Until it doesn't really come into reality. Well, that's what the argument about that thing was, about the bottom. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really come into the argument, right, until we can actually view it. Well, that's why he was, this is all about the idea that in quantum mechanics, you can either know its position or you can know its velocity, but you can't know both. And so the argument is, is that, well, then is it really there to begin with? You know, Niels Bohr even said that. He's like, you know, I, I think this whole quantum world thing is just a lark. I don't think it's really there. I think it's all just a construct that we made up to explain events. Because you got another problem here, guys. Another big problem comes into play here, and that's called the placebo effect. And so we want to talk about things in necessity when, a, when will applies itself to it. The placebo effect is a great example of that occurring. Where a biological function, a system of biological function, is changed because somebody Thinks. believed that it would. Now, this is a, this is a fact. Of someone doing a double blind, and you're taking yeah. a sugar pill because mm -hmm. you got terminal cancer, and they have a new drug that they want you to they want to try out to see if there's any success. And in some of these trials, the people that took the drug, they got worse. And someone took the sugar pill, they got cured. Why is that a problem? Because it's it, because it takes away the argument of necessity, so you know the, they were cured because they believed so, mm -hmm. because they believed it so. And that drug did nothing but the willpower or the will or the belief structure is what did it. And so whether you believe in faith in well, that, I don't but, know if you do or not. Well, but this but is another example of that. But that's pretty that's easily explained, though. I mean, that, that's an easy one. How? Because well, okay. So um, if you were to think about a horrible memory. So um, you brought up all these people you know that put anxiety, those, stress is what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah so so an emotion creates a, a, a cognitive thought and it creates a hormonal and by necessity chemical cascade right throughout your body. It's a causality chain. But did you choose to think about the events that caused the hormonal cascade? 
So your choice is creating changes in the physical world. And so uh, are you guys familiar with Wim Hof? Do you guys know who that is? So he's mm-hmm. an Icelandic dude that, that, is, uh, that does all sorts of things through the power of his mind. He runs marathons in a pair of shorts above the Arctic Circle and has no problem with this. And he is famous because he invites in scientists to study him while he's doing these right. things and, and make sure that there's nothing untoward happening. So science. Yeah, scientists did a study on him uh, where they, they put him in a chair in a hospital and they injected him with a neurotoxin that should have put him in a coma within minutes. And in 90 seconds, he cleared it from his bloodstream through nothing but Will meditation. Power of thought. Yeah, yeah, and so and that that's a, an extreme example of right. the whole memory thing. Whereas if you think, if you choose to think about a specific memory, you choose to think about a situation, you cause a, a physical response in your body. It's perspective. And so at mm. what point it can? Does that saying that it does? You're saying that it can, and I agree with all that. I also know that you can have a, a terrible thought and all that, and it wouldn't affect you at all because you'll attack it. You'll say, you know what, this is a false aspect. No. So what are we really describing? What's the events going on here? We're talking about will. So you're saying, or, or the, not you specifically, but this author is making this argument that, well, you know what, the body already made, already knows how to heal itself. All I simply did was gave myself, or gave my body a situation to tell it, hey, you know what, body, start healing yourself. That's the argument, right? Okay. Yeah, kind That's of. The argument. He, he was able to isolate the neurotoxin and get it out of his blood. Well, what happened? He said, hey, body. He's got a hell hey, of a body. liver. I don't know how to tell you how to do <laughs> yeah, this, but I'll tell you, you know, get on this neurotoxin right now. Let's just do this thing. And the body's like, oh, man, we were just here partying, man. There's a, there, there's a, there's a command from the boss. Well, let's go Let's go get rid of this neurotoxin. We can go back to our drinks later. You have I mean, described my back. model. It's a hilarious I, idea. I have all these characters what arguing with each other. Because we're talking about a causality <laughs> chain, okay? So there's already events that are going on within the system, right? Which is why people have cancer and they can't cure it by themselves. They can't get rid of it. They need help. You got a cold. You're being attacked they by do. a bacterium. But go ahead. They do what? Yeah, I agree. they do cure it by themselves. But go ahead. I agree. But the, how do they cure it? This is the argument. Do they set the causality chain into event? That's the argument. If I put a hammer into a nail and I can and I do all this shit and with a saw I can build a house. Why? Because I know how to apply it. I know the causality chain of how I'm applying these things. Does the person thinking like, okay, you know what? I don't have enough tryptamine here, I, or, or I don't have enough of this, and so a, a, a pituitary gland start producing this shit. I, right? I, not exactly <laughs> like that, no, but <laughs> right. But yes, but they there is the argument to be made that uh, they create, they the, they initiated it. Because all you're talking about is catalytic. We're talking about a catalytic action. Or every, action. Every, we're talking about causality chain. Okay, we, we got some, three minutes, so let's. Somehow, bring this around. Wrap this up. Okay, I'm going to keep mine really short. Yeah, 20 seconds. Probably the majority of the people at this table have some sort of intimate, therefore credible experience with somebody who knows a lot about meditation Mm -hmm. or another form of mental self-control discipline thing that they use to do everything from calm themselves to heal themselves to becoming explosive. Mm-hmm. And I, I have seen it. I've been moderately trained in it. I'm not very good at it. I, my brain isn't as good at it as some people, but I know people that accomplish bloody miracles with what happens within their body because they have a discipline and they don't think in terms of okay pituitary gland yeah, they're not you know, fire up right but they get themselves in this little zone however that you want to describe it and it is an effective it has real effect measurable effect on the ability of their body the ability to communicate with people all kinds of things. Is that called the Jack Daniels zone? That's <laughs> one way to get there, huh? Yes. Yeah. You know, hey, to each his own method. Yeah. You know? Well, it's true. Mm. This has true. been really very, very cool. It's been about the I deepest love conversation we've ever like had. Yeah. I really do. I enjoy it because it forces you, forces me to think past what I may already believe I know. And, and I really enjoy that kind of. Yeah, because the connotations and the idea that if it's not genetic and it comes from a separate thing. Uh, strikes to the chord of religion, yeah. from humans, mm-hmm. all of strikes that. all this. And also, mm-hmm. it strikes to what, uh, what are we actually observing in the, in the world around us. Right, because I do believe we, we, can. we are linear creatures. People mm-hmm. that are psycho nuts, right? We have no way... <laughs> they create a new world. Yeah. It's wild. We have no Take way to live any other, in, in, in any other format than linear. 
we are linear creatures. That's an and, assumption I'm not going to bear down on. <laughs> well, right now, you know, I mean, we go through a process. We we are born biologically. We're linear. Let me define it that causality way. Causality of change. Yeah, that's what you're saying. We're 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 going through a linear process. In order for us to understand and wrap our heads around this linear process, we did invent the concept of time. Time, I don't think, is actually a thing in and of itself that exists. It's a it is. It's, it's. It's. Yeah. It's. Yeah. And they. They did really well. <laughs> the Swiss. So the yeah. Swiss we blame it on the Swiss. Yeah. Dang those Swiss. <laughs> share a border with the Dutch. Well, I've always heard life has no meaning. We. we but we are meaning-making machines. We created. We. We created time. We, we add meaning. We use it as a tool. Yeah, we use it as a tool. It's interesting. Yeah. cycling back to purpose again, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, there you go. Uh, we, and we did this on purpose. So. Really, the net net Thank of this you. whole discussion is we have no idea what we're talking about. No, but it's fun to talk about it. <laughs> but it's fun so, to talk but, about it. Thank now you guys we, very much. We know. Golf we don't know. We don't know. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend.